0: I don't you are listening to My Ugly Truth Podcast, an unfiltered, uncensored, raw storytelling podcast about a Jersey girl living in a crazy Florida world. She's a combination of sensitive and savage. She's got a wild heart and a reckless soul with a mouth she can't control. Welcome to another episode of My
1: Ugly Truth Podcast.
0: I'm Dr. Tracy Thomas and I'm the world's leading expert on emotional strength training. Welcome.
1: Welcome guys to another episode of My Ugly Truth and today we have a guest speaker. Her name is Dr. Tracy Thomas. She is a psychologist, she's a coach, she's a book author, a speaker, an entrepreneur. She's pretty much a badass, so if there's any females out there who think you can not be successful in doing something that cures our emotional needs or helps us with our emotional needs, then you definitely need to get with Dr. Tracy Thomas. Welcome to My Ugly Truth Podcast. Thank you for joining us.
0: Hi there. Hi, it's great to be with you, Angie. I have been a psychologist for about nine years now, but previous to that, so I've always been in the area of of people development, helping people get the most potential out of themselves. So in my 20s, I was... I was a corporate trainer. The, my favorite part of doing everything is is actually developing people. Yeah. So I left the corporate world, finished my PhD, I have a master's in business also, and I just wanted to spend the rest of my life helping people with their emotional challenges in order for people to be able to live the most productive life and get the most potential out of their life.
1: Awesome. From what I've been learning a lot, I've been really into like a uh, reprogramming, you know, your brain. To- to like reprogram your thoughts. And that seems to be like the hardest thing for me. Is that common?
0: It really is because you gotta think about this. You've got years and years where people have been on autopilot, mm-hmm. right? They were more so in our culture. We are raised to be people who are in a reactive state. So we're always reacting and having tension about everything. And a lot of our behaviors in life and our emotions are a very reactive process. So when you go to condition yourself to have a new emotional set of auto responses, it's like as if somebody, maybe like as if you never, ever worked out, do a bodybuilding contest and then your body's going to change and your emotional system changes like that too. Right. And the other part is that we also have generations of people in our family who have struggled with similar issues and they just keep moving forward. You're changing you, but you're basically disrupting multi-generational patterns of struggle and some dysfunctional stuff. So it can really be something when you take it on to grow your highest emotional capacity as a person, it's going to take. A little bit of effort.
1: Okay. Like, uh, I don't know if you actually saw that uh, EFT tapping, Uh, but I will say that since that episode, I've been in situations where I'm like, I want to flip out on somebody and I'm trying my best to like, you know, I I call my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm literally tapping my face. I'm like, I'm doing all this tapping. I look crazy. And I'm like, sometimes I'm just like, no, like I, I I just stop myself and I'm like, oh, I just need to like take a breather. And I'm just, just so quick, quick, quick. And then I react and then I regret
0: And and what it is really is that the most emotionally sensitive people, which Mm -hmm. I have been in my life, which is why I needed to address this at the root cause. Some of us are born with a more sensitive constitution. So from the time we're little, Mm -hmm. we experience life with more intensity. Yes. And it's like from the get go. And then that's why like different people say there's brothers and sisters in a family. You all experience the same family. But why is it different for each person? Mm -hmm. It's really more about your level of sensitivity. And sensitivity means you're more compassionate and caring and you want deeper, meaningful stuff. But you also experience life in a big, intense, tumultuous kind of way. Right. There's much more reactivity in that. And that's why I wanted to do something or change it in myself. And I wanted to do something for people like me, because when you feel those feelings, yeah, you know, you want to like cut a bit, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, uh, yeah def- oh, my God, I'll just go off on somebody. And then I'll be like, that was the wrong person to go off on. And then I regret it. But I, I would say I agree with you. I'm definitely uh, my mom's very sensitive. I'm very passionate. And I'm sensitive, too. And everyone sees that as such a negative thing. And I'm like, I just feel big because I have a big heart, but like passionately mad about stuff, things too. And it's not always positive though. So that's where it gets hard because everyone sees that as negative. And
0: you know, having been called sensitive in my life, even by people like my dad in my life, it was very judgmental. But the thing with us sensitive people is we're really here to make the world a more compassionate, loving place we care big time like we really care on the highest scales but other people who don't feel at the level we do and we're like why don't you feel this like why aren't you with like why don't you care as much they can't feel it the exact same way we feel it because their constitution is not exactly like ours
1: right and then a lot of people think that oh my god that person is so needy they always need like they're always asking to feel these things but it's like that and then i can say i don't know when the last time i felt satisfied in a relationship because i'm always asking for like not attention but like i guess affirmation
0: we tend to want more depth because we have more depth right and what is so beneficial to recognize is your emotional sensitivity how it works the kinds of things you're sensitive to the levels of reaction and recognize and being more curious about other people's and their emotional frameworks because otherwise we experience something a particular way we don't get it we tend the sensitive people all the time are going why doesn't anybody notice this stuff why don't they care Why don't they care? And we tend to feel alone in that. We care more. But in reality, we're gifted with caring more because we're supposed to do more of that caring here and recognize that other people are really stuck in a lot of ways. We're reactive and we need more emotional strength to choose our responses. But then other people are less reactive in some ways and they're not active enough in taking charge of of the things that they want.
1: You said you just, you already came out with your book.
0: So my book came out earlier in the year. Yeah, it's called The Method, and the subtitle is The Practical Path to Living Your Purpose and Potential. And what that practical path is, is all about understanding the hundreds of emotional reaction patterns that we have, the kinds of sensitivities we have, and being able to be so connected to ourselves that we can watch them not be led astray by them, but be aware of them and then still make decisions no matter what I'm feeling. What do I want? Right when everything's about what I want versus what I'm feeling. We are just in reaction, which can be a lot of the time, and we're always processing 75 things a minute. Right. That's a big part of emotional sensitivity. We, we can be thinking about hungry children in Uganda, like why this didn't happen, process a lot. And that also makes us internally very stressed and tense, and we don't end up doing things as productively. And whether it's a relationship or work, there's a lot that goes on there, but there's ways to change it that are very practical. Everything we do is truly about what do we want to create versus what am I feeling right now? Because if we base everything off what we're feeling, we will create more turmoil for ourselves
1: like you're saying we're always constantly asking you know people to like love like us which I have and you know I've been divorced twice failed engagement so like I'm I'm starting to realize my dad is looking at like maybe you're the issue you know like you know I could see that vibe and I'm like okay you know but because I have such big love for people and I I give chances and then I give them the benefit of the doubt then i get screwed over at the end and it's gotten to the point where i'm mad then i start questioning did i even forgive this person i'm thinking i know i don't think i did because i why am i so mad why do i want revenge
0: okay so the more sensitive we are we also tend to give people more chances we can be simultaneously enraged But ultimately, our underlying thing is compassion. That's why we came to the planet as sensitive people, to bring compassion and really understand, okay, that person's human. This is what they're struggling with. So we simultaneously are always going to feel that compassion for people. But this is why, Angie, what I'm saying is even with all the spectrum of feelings, even if we feel like I want to be compassionate and you know give this person a chance, we want to base everything off. What do we want? Not what am I feeling? That's a good way to put it. Practical process of training yourself to not be led by your feelings and everything. Mm-hmm. Because even something like this, having been very in love with people, married, you know, got married. It was not the right person for me. It was not the right situation. I've had plenty of relationships where I let my feelings dictate everything. Now, why that might seem like, well, of course we do. We can't have that dictate so much that we don't stay with what do I want? Because otherwise we can be so madly in love, but guess what? That's a reactive process. And then if we only do things from like, I'm in love versus what do I want? If I had been able in my life to like early on to split those two things and say, I really love this person, but here's what I want in life. So do I, what am I, is this going to fit into here? Because I'm going to want this no matter how much I'm in love with this person. And I was willing to say, okay, I've got these loving feelings, but this is what I want. Then so many people would be led by what they desire versus just by feelings, which overwhelm them and overtake them. And you still have people that are loving each other, but you'd have more functionality because it would have to be like, well, I love you, but this is what I want. If we're not going to have that, then already know because I'm more attached to what I want versus just the person I love because that's going to drive me throughout the relationship either way.
1: So that includes like self-love, self-respect and all that. And when we're too sensitive and we're always giving, giving, giving the self-love, I would rather have that person than do self-love. And then later I was
0: like, wow. When I got married, we actually went to the Catholic counseling that you do before getting married and we loved each other very much. But right in that process was a bunch of things that showed us that we didn't even want most of the same things in life but we were best friends and we loved each other so we ignored that rather than saying I love you and this is truly who you are and those things ultimately even if you can morph yourself for another person your true desires are always going to be sitting there and you're going to try to get them and make another person fulfill that so if we if we can be better at saying okay I have these loving feelings but this is the life I wanna create, then we will only connect up and go forth with people that fit with what we wanna create.
1: With your experiences, you said you've been divorced before. How old were you when you first got married?
0: I was married at 21 years old the first time, and the second time I was married at 27. No, by the time I was divorced, I was like 30, 31. Both times, it was slightly different. First person had a lot more emotional problems that were very, very destructive. Okay. And I loved him so much, he was my high school sweetheart. And I saw his heart and his true nature, so I kept staying with that because I felt like my love could help him love himself. And this is what happens, young people are not taught to truly look at who they are and what they want. If you were, we would do more of just fall, we do less of just falling in love and more of aligning ourselves with people that want to create the kind of life that we want. Including the kind of relationship that we want. I had done that, I'd have been like, okay, I love him, but this is the life I'm wanting and this is the life he's wanting. And I would, at the second time, even when it was all there in the Catholic church on the paper saying, you want this, I want this. We loved each other so much, we went forward with it. And at the end of the day, when we realized those exact issues were the same issues we were having... Just kind of very diplomatically and politely said, I love you very much and this is the life that I want. And he said, this is the life that I want. And that was a huge breakthrough because it was the first time in my life I thought, okay, not to be honest about what I want and need. And if this person isn't on that program and vice versa, then we're just going to be in a constant struggle with each other. And there's no way anybody wants to sign up for that.
1: So where'd you go from there at 3031?
0: I lived in New York at the time and I was really excited to just date, get to know a lot of people and really test out my sense of how I could be more emotionally adult in these relationships. I had a few really cool relationships somewhere around 10, like 10 months to a year. And even when I was dating more of the right people that were more like that my sensitivity was showing up again mm. and I had everything I wanted, but I was so sensitive that I was scared because I got everything I wanted. Mm. Right. Yeah. And I began to sabotage that a bit as well, because if my, if my boyfriend, one of my boyfriends was this Dr. Alan, and if he wasn't calling me at a certain point at night, I'm dialing into the OR, he's a surgeon, you know, is Alan done yet? I was not able to to manage my emotions in the process. Mm-hmm. So I was able to see more that how critical that is, no matter what relationship I go into, I must be able to manage my emotions so that I don't do dysfunctional things like that, which then made him feel really overwhelmed. And like, maybe we shouldn't go forward together. I'm glad you brought that
1: up. because. I've actually noticed that, too, but because I, I have abandonment issues, for sure. But I've gotten to the point where if my friend's not texting me back in two, three hours, I'm thinking she's mad. How do you reprogram that? Because it just makes you look so insecure, so needy. And it's not. It's just like something that I have issues with because of experience.
0: So emotional sensitivity has so many ways that it plays out. And one of them is that sensitive people do all kinds of thinking about what other people are thinking about them. So we process so much that instead of being like, I'm going to be in my own body, in my own self, in my own intentions, we're thinking, you know, oh, so and so doesn't care about me. So we we are thinking for everybody. Right. Like if we get invited to a party, we already start experiencing it before we go. Yeah. We're already there. And other people are not as sensitive and they're like, oh, I'm going to a party next week. That's all they think. Sensitive people process a lot because we want things to be good. And so change that again is let me notice myself. I'm amping up. I'm thinking that these other people are thinking this and I want to go not from my feelings. I want to go from my intentions. So if I feel overwhelmed. Like maybe somebody doesn't care about me. I want to recognize that's an emotional reaction. It's not factual, right? So we only do facts. The facts are you're doing something, your friend's doing something and that's all we know. And if we want to talk to somebody, it's our job to facilitate what we want, but it's other people's job to facilitate what they want as well for themselves. So if we weren't projecting ourselves into other people's thoughts We would be calmer and we would just be doing things that are productive for us.
1: One night I just was talking to my girlfriend and I was like, today's not a good day. I just realized like, I'm so mad if one more person tries to cut me off or ghost me or even see it coming, or it could be just a friend that did it to me. It's just like, I feel like I'm so vulnerable. I have a sign on my forehead that says, please walk all over me. I'm a doormat. I've gotten to the point where I never got my revenge. My second divorce, I left the house while he was on away for the week and he came back to an empty house because I found out he cheated two months in our, in our marriage. I left and it, it felt great because I didn't react like I usually do. And I've gotten like that. I didn't react crazy when people hurt me. But now I'm just like, why am I not? Why? These people deserve to feel how I'm feeling because I'm the only one hurting. And I'm like, after a couple of times, I'm like, okay, enough is enough.
0: Okay. So what we want to notice as well is that our level of sensitivity is dysfunctional for us, wholeheartedly dysfunctional. It's that when it's not balanced with the emotional strength to say, this is what I'm feeling, but this is what I'm going to do. We can then have relationships with other people who have dysfunctional emotional patterns too, right? What we want to be able to see is not just the person and what they're doing, but what is there emotional stuff that's going on it doesn't mean you have to give a pass on everything but it means if you're able to recognize your own emotional patterns and where they're not productive then we want to be able to see that for other people and separate them from the self-sabotaging stuff that they do that ends up hurting we end up hurting each other yeah. The other part about emotional sensitivity is that we have the ability to keep reprocessing and reprocessing. That can be changed by every time you start to feel a painful feeling, you disrupt it and you say, what do I want to create? right? If I, if I don't keep reprocessing the pain, then you say, okay, this feels shitty. What do I want to create? What do I want to do next in life? What do I want to do for myself? Because we're projecting ourselves into other people's stuff. Okay, if somebody did some jacked up behavior, let's look at what must be going on with them emotionally for them to do such negative stuff.
1: For example, I one episode, my ex-fiance, he just left, went up north, didn't say a word. And I'm just like, how? I mean, we had a wedding planning. How does somebody who's been with someone for five years planning a wedding, just up and go. And I just can't, to this day, but I can't understand it. How can someone just up and go?
0: There's a lot of sensitivity out there. And a lot of times sensitive people get with sensitive people, but there are people that are so sensitive that they're totally conflict avoidant. They don't want to go through the process of processing a conversation working through it because they don't have the emotional capacity to do that very well, to do the things that would be more honorable and dignified. The more sensitive you are, you don't wanna have dynamics that feel overwhelming to you. So people will avoid that. They'll do all kinds of weird things to avoid feeling what they're feeling and, and sharing it with another person and maybe feeling overwhelmed by that conversation. What I recognize is if somebody's got to avoid something, it means they don't feel they have the emotional ability to deal with it.
1: So does that catch up to them eventually? It
0: does because it's ne- it's never going to be productive if you can't face head on the yeah. stuff in your life, which is why I help people emotionally strengthen themselves to be able to do that. Where's the balance in that? There are people who also emotionally capable enough mm-hmm. to handle another emotionally sensitive person. They fall in love with our caring, with our compassion and our understanding and our desire for things to be extra fricking awesome.
1: And giving, yeah.
0: People that, that's like an, such an attraction. But then if you're in a relationship and there's a lot of emotional sensitivity, It can be totally overwhelming for other people as well. And when there's two people that are kind of emotionally sensitive, even if it's different ways, that makes a lot of dramatic and suffering dynamics and confusion. And so this is why I also changed this in myself because I didn't want to be so sensitive in relationships that it made someone else totally uncomfortable.
1: Right, right. No, I totally agree with that. So after you dated the doctor and you started doing the self-sabotage, what happened?
0: You know, I was watching myself the whole time. I've always been very Mm self-observant. And I saw myself. I can remember... Uh, I dated another guy after that this night. Barrett was very much in love with him, very attracted to him. He's a, this was in Manhattan, so there was a lot of games that people play in dating. And so he, we would have a great night, great date, and then he'd wait like three days to, to touch base with me. During that time, I would get uncomfortable. Because I was say, what's he thinking? What's it? So I would want to control the situation because when you're sensitive, you just, you want to make everything comfortable for you. That made him uncomfortable, but I watched myself be so overly overwhelmed with it. Right. And I at one point I went over to his house, you know, and it, and we had this great connection. And he said to me, he goes, I'm in love with you, but I'm very concerned about your anxiety. And he was right because I had a lot of it and I wasn't able to be comfortable enough going through the, the dating process. And he was an emotionally sensitive person, too. He was 15 years sober. The most very sensitive people have a lot of addictive um, strategies. Once I blew that, I... Had a real awakening with myself and I'm like, okay, I've had these great relationships with awesome people, but I'm the common denominator here, whether it's a negative relationship and I'm struggling or a positive one. The pattern is just straight up overwhelm and stress and sensitivity and not being able to be in charge of my emotions and having them be in charge of me—that set me on a whole new path to say, okay, this is not this is very simple in terms of what I need to address, but I had to learn how to do it. But I, I knew that if I wanted to have what I really wanted in life, then I needed to manage my emotions no matter what I was feeling. I needed to be able to say that's happening, but here's what I want. To do with it. Otherwise, what happens, Angie, is we feel so uncomfortable. We want to discharge it. We want to do something, call them, text them, sort of revenge or get the attention because we are not able to process those emotions very well. Right. So I learned. So the answer is I really made a life commitment to see my emotional reactions as they were happening. And recognize it and get a grip on them by saying, okay, that's what's happening, but what do I want?
1: So your recommendation for trying to start to change that mindset is stop, think about what you're doing, what you want out of it that are facts.
0: Yeah, so it's very immediate in some ways, but if I, you know, if I just had a buildup of tension. Right. And I'm feeling and I'm like, this is not good and this is wrong. This isn't how I want it. Mm -hmm. That buildup of tension, frustration, whatever it is, it's coming up, but it's not a productive thing. Right. In some ways, it's trying to get my attention. But Mm -hmm. it's also a pattern that's in our society where everybody has all these stress responses. So, yes. So even if it's extremely overwhelming, the sooner we catch it, the better. So I like to have people really pay attention to themselves. Right notice this is building, interrupt it. And it's true. It's like, what do I want right now? What do I want it? What do I intend either now or over the long haul? This is how I'm feeling. Say I was frustrated with my husband, but this is what I'm wanting. So how am I going to conduct myself with him to get the outcome? Because if I just start being frustrated with him, I'm not going to get the outcome. Over time, imagine all these years you've been in reaction and then doing things. When you notice that's happening and then you go, What do I intend? I want this. I want that. I want that. That's what I want to create. You do that over and over, hundreds of times. It's like doing sit-ups or something. It's like you you get in shape. Yeah, you get conditioned for it. The same way you got conditioned in these reactions, you become conditioned for productive responses. Then you start to notice, and this is what my clients always report to me. They start to notice like, wow, I didn't even feel that stress response now. Now I don't even notice it. And I'm staying on track. Or if they start to feel it and they catch it and they switch it, they feel super powerful. They're like, oh, my God, I totally avoided a big fight. I stayed on track during the day. Because you not only can stop yourself from doing unproductive stuff, you can keep yourself doing things in life that are productive to the outcomes you want. Right. Rather than being locked in emotional patterns that you procrastinate, you get stuck, you do things that are not in your best interest. Right.
1: My emotions take over. My girlfriends always say you're rational
0: when you're emotional,
1: which is true. But I think of all the time because it feeds my emotions at that moment
0: we're, and what, what's happening is we're not connected to ourselves our emotions have now kind of we're lost in those they feel very in charge right no having been there they feel very in charge but there's a really powerful thing to recognize that the sooner you recognize it while well, it's happening the better but you something about you needs to observe that and go i am not gonna i'm not feeding into that i'm going to stop make a selection because if i go do this thing but is that Actually, the outcomes in life that I'm wanting to create, you do that enough. I always say you do effort to become effortless, and pretty soon somebody does something, and you're like, "Oh, that person's doing something," but you're not impacted by it. So then you can be even more productive in how you choose the outcomes you want to create. That's
1: actually a good point because I will say in one of my episodes, I did mention how I think it was like my birthday one, like the 33 things I learned. On one of the things, I said sometimes. I will notice that I'm like in a funky, sad mood or I'm like, you know, nostalgic. Now I'm like, creepy. Facebook. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, why? You know, you, anything you find is going to upset you. And if you don't find anything, you're going to assume things. So I would stop that doing that and then just do something else. One that I still can't control is the hurt part when people hurt me and I know they're hurting me, and they know they're hurting. Like I've actually had a guy recently tell me, why would you want to hurt me like I hurt you? And I'm just like, "Mm," because
0: just listen. One of the things is that when you notice that sadness coming, you have a select, right? Because that sadness is popping up because you've had a pattern of sadness in your life and it's familiar. It'll just roll up. It just comes up. And if we indulge in it, rather than connecting to like, wow, I'm super Freaking powerful, smart, beautiful. What do I want to do with all of that? That'll be a lot better because when we have negative feelings and then we keep indulging them, we're building more of that pattern. And now it'll be even more to undo it. You can always do it. I don't want to feel a bunch of pain. So when I start to feel anything stressful, It's painful. So I just will shift. I'll be like, all right, I'm a powerful creator. What do I want to create? Do I want to create more of this or do I want to create something else? What am I wanting? One of the biggest things I'm wanting is to be in a consistent state of emotional capacity. I don't want to be... Down and up and because when I'm consistent, then I'm productive. If you recognize you're dipping, you can think about, okay, I want my emotional state to go back up and what are the things that are going to help that? Do I focus on how awesome I am, how beautiful I am, how smart, whatever these things are? You start to make a shift in that and then you break up an emotional pattern that if you don't break it up, it'll continue on. It'll show up days down the road and you'll feel like you're not in control of it, but you are. The other thing, I'm going to go to the hurt me part too and address that, but the other part about why the tapping works, what it does is it takes you out of the focus of the pain, and and I would start to shift my attention. As soon as I shift my focus, then you're out of the pain and stress. You shift it to something else. So tapping is fine, but this is basically the nature of why it works.
1: Right. So you go. You think of the facts.
0: But think about it. You're doing a bunch of intentions as well. You're saying not this. This is what it is. Now, with that, when we say that people have hurt us, we want to completely flip the switch on that and recognize that anything anyone does is not necessarily mean that they're hurting us. We want to know that our interpretations of everything is what hurts us. And the more sensitive we are... We interpret like you're the villain, I'm the victim. The more sensitive we are, we think everybody's the villain and we're the victim in the situation. Rather than a big change that I made was to recognize, well, that person's having a bunch of emotional patterns happen. And granted, do I want to have that in my life? No. So I'm going to mention it. I'm going to address it. But if I see anyone else's struggle as really about me, when you know that your struggles are actually really about your own emotional patterns, right. we will then be hurt. And then we will reprocess that hurt. You acted this way. Say you cheated on me. Well, I'm not down for that. But the reality is you're not even in charge of your emotions. So that's why you did that, because you were following some impulse rather than what you wanted for our relationship, that's about that person's emotional impulses. Not thinking through, what is this going to create in my life? They're just following a feeling. And that's my whole point, Angie, is when people just follow the feeling, even if this feeling, sexual attraction, whatever it is. So when we notice that that's what's going on with other people too, it doesn't mean we keep signing up for it necessarily, but we don't need to personalize it. Then we're going to build an identity of worthlessness, which is also part of being sensitive. We're gonna carry that identity into everything that we do in every next experience.
1: Like I feel sometimes like I have this sign on my forehead, which is, but it's a vibe that people are picking up. Like walk all over me. I'm a giver and you can just take whatever you want. But do you think that when we start reprogramming our mind by acknowledging it and stating facts of what we want out of it, we actually show or give out that vibe of self-worth?
0: Well, your emotional capacity is higher. So then you'll draw into your life people with a higher emotional capacity as well. So that's a big part of my story of what I realized that everything that was happening in my relationships with other people was no more than a function of what my relationship with myself was. I had one of my boyfriends in New York was a really chronic liar and he was cheating on me. I knew that. But, but I was madly in love with him. So what did I do? I kept treating myself badly by staying with him just cause I had feelings. Feeling. Yeah can also be selected and they all can also be deselected by the way and so like I, I looked at one day i was on a conference call at work i was at work training people i didn't want to be in this company it'd been years i was like i i have a great job i love what i do but i wanted basically i wanted to shift into this full-time career so i heard myself lying on this conference call and i'm like wow you are giving a performance you're basically acting like you care about this even though you care about the people you don't really care about all these products and everything so I realized in that moment, well, no wonder my boyfriend's lying to me. I'm a liar. I'm lying, pretending, giving an Academy Award performance of caring about something I don't care about. Everything I was experienced from others was part of what I was creating within myself, changed all of my own dynamic, And then the feedback loop from other people was it was exceptional. The way I treated myself was the way they treated me. So the answer is 100%. When you change your emotional stuff, then you will only end up interconnected with people who are at your consciousness level. And then you don't have to try to make sure someone else is okay because when they're with a really high emotional capacity person, they're going to stick around.
1: Right. That's actually a good point. My ex, I think he's narcissistic. His mom is overbearing. Like, that's how she still treats him. And it's like the umbilical cord needs to be cut. but. She offered him money to come back home. She trained him to be a manipulator.
0: He's sensitive and his relationship pattern is going to look like the pattern with his mom. Right? Yep and it's going to be so so what happens when people are more sensitive then they're more overbearing to their kids and they're more worried about everything so then they would they create what's called learned helplessness and then the person doesn't feel enough efficacy in themselves and they will often run away from relationships before somebody figures out that they're not as good as they thought they were
1: he would leave his mom and then he needed a car and it broke down and his mom's like well you have aquathansia so i would be the mom i would co-sign for the car he didn't have a job I would pay the bill and I ended up being the mom and then he would leave her come to me leave me go to her I I don't know the manipulation to that
0: so that was a parent child relationship which is why it can never really be productive because you're trying to have an emotionally adult relationship with another emotional adult so when you see that and when you start to get together with somebody you want to watch the feelings things because sometimes we're attracted to somebody because they fit a very dysfunctional pattern from our life and we want to watch how do they manage themselves how do they treat themselves take care of themselves we want to look at that because if they can't we end up getting it put in our lap because we want to be with the person we'll do a bunch of extra shit Mm -hmm. yet the person is still going to have that pattern because they have to fix it themselves and then
1: later you're just like i did everything Sucked me dry same person i was a year ago Sucked me dry
0: completely so angie if you take complete and total responsibility for how powerful you are. Mm -hmm. You can know that as a powerful creator, everything you're creating, the good stuff and the stuff that doesn't feel very productive, you're creating that. We're often co-creating with other people. But when you realize I'm really powerful I can create some great stuff, and I can also create some crap. I'm not powerful. When we take full responsibility for how powerful we are, then we start to make decisions differently. And when we stay 100% in intention rather than in reaction, then you absolutely feel incredibly empowered. You are. You will not have lower emotional capacity people come into your life. And if they do, you're going to notice that. Is this person at a high enough emotional capacity? Because if they're not, then their whole life and plus with you is going to be at a low level. Anywhere someone's emotions are at a low level, their life will be at a low level.
1: I can see that. Can this work for being raised in a home that wasn't a functional marriage?
0: Yeah. So I grew up in one and then my parents married other people and then There was a lot of good in their relationships, but there was also a lot of emotional dysfunction. Be like, oh, my relationship sucks, but I'm just going to keep going down this path. We're more prone to be like, there's a problem. I want to solve it. I want to grow. We're very fortunate to be of that era. Important that we, instead of taking on, which we have, we've typically absorbed the patterns of each of our parents. Mm -hmm. right? We've absorbed three things. We've absorbed, if we have, if we're with our mom and our dad, we absorb our dad's relationship with himself and how he treats himself. We absorb our mom's relationship with herself and how she treats herself. And then we absorb their dynamic and their dynamic can not only be when we repeat with other people, but we just do it with our own self also. All the more reason to recognize that hundreds of our emotional reaction patterns aren't even ours they're ones that we absorbed since we were a baby it's like training we got that training and somebody screams this happens somebody bitches this happens that whole thing becomes hundreds of emotional reaction patterns in us not really buy into them because all stress responses are really unproductive that way instead be like you know imagine this if i and i'll do it imagine for myself If my parents had said to themselves every time they were having a stressful dynamic with themselves or each other, that's how I'm feeling. But this is what I want to create. I want to create a great relationship, harmony, fun. If they had stayed focused on what they wanted and what they were feeling, then they would have co-created something profoundly beautiful together. And that is in all of this emotional training is even more the reason that we want to recondition our reaction patterns because we've been training for years and years just taking all that in. And it's not always 100% true, right? Yeah, and it's not factual and it's it's not all that different than like my stepdad who I love a lot I grew up with watching him he'd be in the car and he'd be always talking to the traffic and talking to people like okay buddy you can go now and I started to note, I was like wow I'm sounding like him I absorbed that I didn't have to think about it or try it was I don't want to be stressing about people who are taking a lot of time at the stop sign or whatever I want to be calm and relaxed and enjoying whatever i'm doing then select even if i wanted to be annoyed with the person i would select this is what's happening i want to, i want to, i want to remain happy i want to, i don't want to be frustrated we absorb all of that stuff and then we bring it into everything and we just want to be really care careful meaning careful not like overwhelmed or concerned just careful with the difference between what our patterns are and what we want them to be because we 100% all, myself, all my clients, all these years have been changing this so yeah. that they're not living out their pa- because otherwise you start to live the whole pattern out through your lives, and you're going, wait a minute, this is what I wanted to do. How did I get this outcome?
1: After you acknowledged that when you dated a guy that
0: really hurt you, what was your first action? I recognized that I was still having these kinds of outcomes. So what I realized is that in therapy, people kept giving me awarenesses, but then they were redefining the problem all the time, but they weren't giving me emotional techniques to make concrete, practical changes. So I recognized that it wasn't around me. Everything I'd ever looked at and tried, I realized, I I thought, it doesn't exist. And so I'm going to create it, right? Why wouldn't I be an expert? I'm having all this experience. I said to myself, I'm creating these patterns and these outcomes. So let me really get to know how all of my emotional reactions are working, So I can see them, watch them, pay attention, like I'm observing myself. One by one, I would be like, oh, wow, isn't that interesting to see what feeling just came up? I would watch it, and then I'd switch my focus and shift the pattern, and I did that for a year. I got to know everything about how I was reacting to life, practice over and over how to disrupt that, and make a different selection because i wanted to be happy all the time i wanted to be productive and i wanted to stay even in my state that was one of the most incredible things i've ever done because i got to know myself on a bigger level it it was incredible i started to feel better pretty like immediately this is the outcome that i created in this situation so why am i going to torture myself over it Rather than be like, all of these items that I was doing in reaction helped co-create an outcome and it blew this great opportunity for both of us. But I chose to be like, okay, so let's upgrade my emotional self rather than being sad about this relationship because it made sense to me why it couldn't work. Within days, I started to feel so fabulous because when you take control of even one emotional moment and you shift it to something productive, you feel like freaking Wonder Woman.
1: Actually, that happened to me the other day. I'm not a person that can block anybody on my phone. Mm-hmm. I just, if I care for you, I can't block you. And then it became in the way of self-respect. Like the other day, I got really disrespected by somebody that I once cared for. Hey, I need to cut this person out of my life, but and I know they're not good and they're not changing. They're not trying. I said, I did not ask for these answers that you're saying to me. I did not ask you anything. You too much details. I'm going to go ahead and block you right now. I blocked it. And I just like felt great because I didn't feel the urge like, oh my God, let me unblock this person. And I felt good about it, but it's like now I'm like starting to learn to respect myself more and not let my emotions get involved of that.
0: You'll notice the track of it. It might have even been reaching out, set you up to re-experience something. We don't want to do things that are like, I'm going to reach out to this person without realizing, what's my intention? Is my intention to, to maybe get something out of them that I can't get? So when I know what my intention is, I'll catch it and go, oh, well, that's not very productive. So let me see. Should I interact?
1: And I will admit, and I don't think a lot of people can admit this, but I will admit that sometimes it's a power struggle. It's more about like, Like, I want to see if they care. And it's not productive at all, but it's going to feed my ego. And then when it doesn't, I'm more down.
0: So this is the way that you're creating something that you already feel about yourself and you're getting other people to say it about you. Versus I 100% know that no matter what I've ever experienced, that I'm, I'm powerful, all of these things. We have to believe it because ultimately, otherwise we're trying to outsource it from other people and they will not necessarily give us any more of the feedback that we won't give ourselves.
1: Everyone said that it was like, you can't base on other people for you to feel good about yourself.
0: I agree. If you don't feel good about yourself, they may reflect that back to you and you'll think it's them, but yeah. you're getting uh-huh. reflected back to you how you feel about yourself. The simpler form of all of this is to say, all right, I'm realizing that I want some affirmation and feedback and I'm trying to outsource it to somebody else. So I'm going to give it to myself. I'm going to connect in and I'm going to realize all of these amazing things I've done in my life, how loving and caring, accepting, and we don't go into the negative shit. That's not who we are. That's our emotional problems. That's not who we are. If I need someone else to affirm me all the time, then I'm giving them a job I won't even do myself. And that's, fair
1: really powerful statement
0: yeah it's really true so this was part of my relationship with myself where I was like let me give myself the kind of relationship that I would want someone else to give me let me treat myself well compliment myself let me treat myself the way I want another person to treat me that will hold this vibe so they wouldn't even think to do something negative to me because my vibe is so high because they would feel good around me right because the more I feel good within myself, other people just feel like, Hey, I want to be around you. That's awesome. I was looking at this this weekend. I was doing a, um, a women's retreat this weekend. This woman was saying to me, she goes, Oh yeah, I think I'm shifting out of my negative self talk. And I said to her quite right, bluntly, I said, Did you ever really believe these negative things about yourself or was that just a self manipulation? And she stopped. She was really stunned. She goes, wow, no one's ever asked me that. In reality, I never believed I was a bad person. I never believed any of this stuff. But I said to her, what you were doing is you were indulging in these negative beliefs about you that underlying you know are not true.
1: Right, that's like being raised by a manipulating parent, and then you become manipulated. and then I actually dated a manipulator, and I learned those techniques from being manipulated.
0: You end up self-manipulating, and when you grow a really strong connection to yourself, you can just amusingly catch yourself self-manipulating and say, all right, Tracy, no, this is what you're wanting. Because you're going to be more honest with yourself. Otherwise, because the world right now is full of people feeling less than, low self-esteem, thinking they're not worthy, not valuable. And I would say to any of those people, when you dig in, do you really believe these negative things about yourself or can you not see, you won't do that self-manipulating thing that other people are doing when they say that shit about you. It's totally untrue.
1: With the whole anger side, I get upset and I'm just like, I just want them to feel how I feel. And then I just think about it, I'm like, well, I'm not going to get the reaction I want from them, but when I show them 100%, because I feel like a failure after arriving, I'm like regretting what I said and regretting what I did. And it's just like, how do you get better, I guess, about that? Because I'm never going to get the apology I never got.
0: What it is, is that when we're really hurt by other people, we <laughs> want to recognize, question one, have I ever done that to myself? Have I lied to myself? Have I cheated on myself in some way with what I'm doing? Anything that we feel other people are doing to us, right? If they're not reaching out, have I ever not reached out to myself and helped myself in a moment that I needed it? It, Have I treated myself poorly? And you'll find it. Everything that we feel that other people are doing to us, we will also find it. In what we're doing to us. So if we search, so that's why I said that. Where I said I recognize. Okay, so my my boyfriend was lying. Why do I deserve this? What's the deal? Question I really ask like, well, I'm lying. I'm lying in my life. Have I ever said something to somebody that I didn't mean? If I'm doing any level of inauthenticity, I'm going to receive that in my feedback loop. Right. Right. I'm not treating myself nicely. Like, oh, he keep lying. He kept lying to me. But let me realize, that two weeks into it, he lied about something. And I kept treating myself poorly by staying with that when it was very obvious. Yes. So I treated myself bad, went along with him because I felt attracted. So all this stuff that ends up happening, we're doing that to ourselves. And when we can just catch that, the exact things I'm frustrated with, you know, have I not done that for myself? Even though I have this fabulous, wonderful partner and husband We run my company together. We do ballroom dancing together. We are partners in everything. The moment I find myself, like, irritated with something with him, I'll just check in with myself. I'll go, let's see, am I actually just irritated with myself with that? And I'll find it. wanting him to do something different. But if I realize and go, well, how am I doing in that area? I'm really talking to myself. So I might as well improve it in myself. And then it'll be improved in the people around you. That's a good point.
1: What you accept in the beginning of a relationship are red flags. And here I am catching my red flags, just like, I see them, but I'm not going to stop. And then later I'm like, why didn't I stop? Actually, the last relationship I was in, I saw red flags and I was going to ignore them. I actually acknowledged it because I didn't even, I would making an excuse for right. years ago.
0: So he didn't want you to see more of what he was going to reveal to you. So that's a really good thing that happened. Yeah. We can feel very frustrated, like in the dating process and all of that. And the reality is when I started to make these changes, I remember going to this bar and I was sitting on this corner. Some guy walks up to me and he goes, he goes, Um, wow, you're really something. I said, oh, well, thank you. He goes, it is so clear that you are so confident. Oh, He goes, I even feel intimidated to come up and be around you. So fortunately, he was very, that's a high emotional capacity for him to come and say that.
1: Right, right.
0: Because I was sitting there in a space of a lot of self-appreciation. So I don't want to be intimidating. <clears throat> the lesser emotional capacity people, I don't want them to come up and hit on me. They wouldn't
1: have the the balls to do it. Yeah.
0: It screens them out to know that I'm on a higher level. When I say that, I don't mean I'm better. I mean my emotional level.
1: You have your days where you're like, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously
0: we're not perfect. It's been a long time because I started looking at this stuff in my 20s, really studying myself. Every year has just gotten better and better in that way of just growing because when you do so well in your own self it makes you want okay what's the next level and what's the next level how much more can, can i be so after creating really the life of my dream i i have a company that really is basically what i'd love to do so i don't work right i get to share things that are true to my heart and help people right and i call that a job where things can get stressful and call my attention to grow more is because I'm always growing as a person. So when I add new pieces of growth in, there's a new moment to, the, to raise your capacity to be able to do even more. I did a TED Talk recently. And when I did that, I knew I was doing it to grow as a person and to serve other people. It's a transformative talk that you do. As I did it, It challenged my emotional capacity. So I would feel some stress in it because I wanted to do a good job and only visualize the success of it, like already living in the success of it. So when I did my book, when certain things that I add on, so it's not a perfect, but when you have this skill set, nothing really phases you because you know you're going to be able to utilize it to move yourself along the spectrum that you want to. Right. So people who like don't deal with their problems don't, you have all these health issues a bunch of drama and by the time you get to like 40 at least by the time you're 50 when you've been sensitive all those years you're actually exhausted because your whole life has been a big reaction but you're already too tired to do it
1: like uh one of like the components of like cancer is just autoimmune disorders
0: skin rashes when there's pain in our body and we keep it going the body can't manage it all that's why i also am very caring about myself because I don't want to create pathology in my body because I'm indulging in negative, unproductive emotions. And I don't want to be tired. Every time I choose a good intention, I'm getting more energy rather than those emotions, those other emotions drain me. And I don't want to spend the second awesome half of my life being exhausted, emotional exhaustion, and then the body follows the emotions. So if you want to change your whole longevity and your quality of life, out of the unproductive emotions into productive intentions will change the entire trajectory of your life, your health, and you can spend the rest of your life doing the things you really want to do rather than being like, oh, I'm tired. Right. Emotional and then having to accept that which is another way that you're not in charge of yourself and something else is in charge of you. That's
1: actually a good point, especially like, because I know stress will age anybody. To wrap things up, I was going to ask you, what is your Dr. T solution?
0: After years of doing training, I always knew no matter what their disorders or dysfunctions or issues or struggles were, So for years, I did a lot of one-to-one therapy sessions, which were were very much training sessions. And I worked with a lot of high-profile people who had gone into treatment centers, and then they still were going back in and out of rehab started to address this with a lot of high-profile people and very, very wealthy people. They were so excited to have this new capacity in their lives. They kept saying, you got to give this to more people. Do something. We love you. We feel grateful, but we want you to give this to other people. So I created an online training program where people could have coaching with me once per week. They go through lots of different emotional training modules that I've created. I've created hundreds of them. So they could not just be waiting for a coaching session, But they could be in session as many hours a week as they want in order to grow that capacity. Whether it's frustration, impatience, rage, revenge, regret, Mm -hmm. every emotional dynamic has a nuance to it. So I've recorded hundreds and hundreds of hours on all emotional processes that are going on, put techniques in there to fix it, like real practical techniques. So by the time I'm in a coaching session with somebody, They've been training and training, and so throughout the six-month process that they do, they've been training on all of this. So instead of waiting for 15 years to do one therapy session a week, it's going to take forever. This is like you're going to get this emotion. You do at 2 a.m. when you're stressing about something. People, you have it in the car. They have it in the shower. They're, and they're growing all these emotional techniques. So I'm really, really happy that for every emotional issue, I've created a solution. And every week, I add a new training. Training. Oh, okay. And so the Doctor T Solution program is where people can make emotional training like a part of their life, like going to the gym.
1: And where do you go for that?
0: So you go to the Doctor T Solution dot com, and it'll tell you all about what's in the program. It'll do an overview of emotional sensitivity, and it like a, it'll test you for whether you're emotionally sensitive or not. The solution available.
1: That's awesome. And that you can just join anytime. You can not join anytime.
0: Any- you just jump in, get going. There's a whole, you know, a welcome process to get people integrated into the training and there's also a facebook group for all the people that are doing the training as well they love to be with each other because they're on a whole new emotional capacity and they like having a community of people that are also doing that it's
1: really smart because then you're all in the same vibe you're trying to get that yeah. so can you actually get your book on your website as well
0: so it's on my website called drtracyinc.com dr T-R-A-C-Y-I-N-C dot com. If you click book, then the book is there. (laughs) There's also videos and a lot of stuff explaining about what's in the book so people can watch those and and then buy the book from there. Are you doing any book tours? I'm going to do a book tour in the fall that we're planning now, fall into winter. We're organizing all the different bookstores and stuff that I'm going to go to, and it's also on the East Coast and all of that, so on the website. One other thing is that if people want to also get a taste of this, they can come into my free Facebook group called The Art of Self-Control. You can just look it up just like that which has thousands of people in there all caring about their self-control and then I've got free videos in there as well
1: wow like and how long ago did you
0: start solution program that has been it's about three and a half years wow I mean
1: there's a library there's got to be a lot of time and it's
0: re- wow. it's just really great I don't want people to have to go to 18 different providers. I wanted it for what I would have wanted. I want a one stop solution, whether it's bipolar or ADHD or depression or anxiety or any number of things, relationship issues, eating issues, you know, addiction issues. I wanted one place that people could address their emotional, emotional stuff and have all of the solutions that they needed in one place.
1: That's awesome. And how much
0: is it? So the program, so if people just do the online version of it, it's $59 a month. Oh,
1: wow. But if- okay. That's not bad. $59, that's not bad at all for the online, but all that library, like sources you have? Well,
0: I made it, Angie, because over the years, I had a lot of people that their emotional problems had created a lot of financial problems, as they will. Right. Emotional financial problems are not financial problems. They're emotional problems. Right. Is that people are making unproductive, non-intentional choices. I realized over years of bringing people into my fuller program, the full service program, that there was lots of people that their emotions had taken them down financially. So I created something so no one would be left out. And even if they didn't have the live coaching every week, I do a monthly call with these people and so people can be in those trainings do as many of them as they want and then they come on to one monthly life coaching session with me for 59 dollars. so
1: are you on social media and what social medias do you have
0: i'm on twitter i'm on facebook dr tracy thomas on facebook and dr tracy inc on twitter dr tracy inc on instagram too okay i just want to say angie it's been amazing talking to you i think what you're doing is an incredible service to humanity thank you honest, you're doing something very powerful, which is dealing with the human experience and growing and you're solving the problems by talking about things that people are afraid to talk about. And so I just want to honor that and say thank you for that. And it gives me an opportunity to share with with other people a whole new way of being. I just will say to you and everybody, which is no matter what's happened before in your history, no matter, it is totally irrelevant if you're willing to work on yourself this way sky's the limit does not matter what happened it's a thing of the past when you have a higher emotional capacity to do what you want in the future
1: that's true and uh, what you were saying earlier how you wanted to help people with the way you would want it that's exactly what i'm doing with this podcast at first it was beautiful and then i'm like you know what i wish i had a podcast like this where i can relate with the person and that's how i feel like you know when you're saying that i was like I get it. Just a the therapeutical thing. And then I started getting people listening to it. And it us actually fix
0: us. You're serving people in a big way.
1: You said that us sensitive people have a gift. And we are meant to bring compassion into the world and help other people.
0: Exactly. You got great. it. Let's stay in touch.
1: Thank you, Tracy. You're talented. You're cool as shit. You're down to earth. I'm so happy I came across you, and I hope one day I can be just as successful as you are by helping others, and of course, we'll definitely keep in touch. Thank you again.
0: I don't even you are listening to My Ugly Truth Podcast, an unfiltered, uncensored, raw storytelling podcast about a Jersey girl living in a crazy Florida world. She's a combination of sensitive and savage. She's
1: got a wild heart and a reckless soul with a mouth she can't control. Welcome to another episode of My Ugly Truth Podcast.